Brand. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United podcast. My name is TJ. I'm here with Dan, and we got Nick today because Colin is out gallivanting around with his guitar somewhere, prancing <laughs> through the streets of Philadelphia, one would presume. Um, how you guys doing tonight? Yeah, I, I, th- I think Con- Colin definitely prances while, he, while he's playing. Uh, just, just like a, 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 what are they called back in the day? Uh, like a Canterbury Tales times? What are those guys called? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like a... Uh, Oh, it's not tip like of the my Pied tongue. Piper, you know. <laughs> well, he looks that's, like that's he, he sort of looks like he might want children to follow him with that mustache and hair yeah. combo. That hair yeah. is just flowing in the breeze. Yeah, he's a Pied Piper for for people that are scared of pedophiles. That's what Colin is. <laughs> the way he looks, the way he looks. Not that he, not that he has any of those tendencies. Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I've got. I'm wearing my first Giants gear. Uh, I think ever on this pod. And it's, so I think this is the first time anyone is so. So I think that's an indicator of where we're at. Um, this is the first time I, I, in probably like five years, I'm actually like excited about what this team is doing. Uh, call it a coincidence. I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I have a black Giants hat that says black on black. It says Giants. You can't read it. But that's for a reason because <laughs> I've been in mourning the past few years. <laughs> Nick, how are you? Good to have you back, man. Thanks for being on again. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited. I mean, obviously, this is like the first time you felt like the Giants made the right decision, right? You know, kind of, TJ, you and I were talking. It felt like we were going to do the halfway thing, you know, as they call half pregnant, right? We were going to, like, let Gettleman go, and then we were going to straddle this nebulous situation where we were going to bring back Judge and, and Jones. And I'm just thankful that at least we've done the right thing so far, but de- definitely glad to be here. So far, yeah. I mean, you know, look, looking back, you you basically – this is what we all wanted. We, we basically couldn't be in a better position as a fan right now. The dumpster fire is over, hopefully, and, you know, it's only someone else's job to screw up now. So hopefully just, that doesn't just got to trust in the Mara family to select the right GM. I'm trusting oh. the Tish family, <laughs> which I did find I out that John Mara, Chris Mara, and, and Steve Tish are the guys doing the interviews, so – Tish is even interviewing. I didn't think he had time for that. You know, I think that's uh, that was part of the reason why why Judge was gone. From what I was hearing, is that Tish kind of came in and didn't want it to be left to the next GM to make the decision. They just wanted to give the new guy a, a fresh start. I think whoever they brought him was probably going to fire him anyway. So good riddance. Um, you know, I don't think Joe Judge is a bad guy, but I don't think he's ready to be a coach, a head coach in the NFL. <laughs> Do you? Now I know you guys probably hashed it out a little bit already, but do you think that his fate was already sealed going into those last week or two? Because I mean, I, I personally was speechless with the. And I, again, I'm cer- certain you've discussed it, but the the quarter the back to back quarterback sneaks inside our our own five or whatever. I, I just think that that if I were you know a boss, I would have walked down on the field and fired him spot spot on there, but. I just can't tell if he was already kind of like dead man walking at that point or if he was legitimately like still had hope. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I still think he, after all that, it was probably 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some, it probably had to do with the players. I think, I think that at some point they, they talked to the players and their opinions on Joe judge, like candidly. Um, and you know, all the leaks that came out from Glazer were that he lost a lot of the locker room. TJ and, and I and Colin were joking about the only players that supported him were players that don't belong in the NFL and are on the roster because we're yeah. inept. Um, 
but I think a combination of that and, and someone like sticking their head up in the air and like reading the, the environment around the team, maybe that was Tish just being like, everyone on earth says you have to get rid of this guy. It's going to be an absolute disaster if you don't, and no one's going to come to games and we're going to lose a ton of money um, if we bring him back and do this half measure. Um, that's my theory, but who knows? I, I think there were kind of three things. And I think one was that presser. I think after watching that, you kind of had a different idea that maybe this guy was kind of back into a corner and kind of the bravado he had didn't really exist. It was just kind of manufactured. And then second, I think those two QB sneaks, I like, I just call them kneel downs in the end zone. Cause essentially that's what that is. Or, you know, in, in towards the end zone, not in the end zone, but, and then thirdly, I think was the fan turnout during that Washington game, which was abysmal. So I think those three things combined plus the pressure from the fans, plus Steve Tish coming in, whether or not if Tish got involved, if Mara would have, fired him or let the next GM do it. I don't know, but that's my feeling. And I think after that Washington game, I, I think he knew he was kind of on his way out. Maybe. Uh, but also the thing that struck me as odd was like the whole interview schedule. Everything was very like misreported. And when he came in the, like that Monday after and he, they're like, Oh, he's, he's talking to, he's talking to Mara now. And there's like, Oh, he's also talking later. And then, Oh, there's another meeting on, on, on Tuesday. I feel like Mara didn't have a, a clear, idea what he was going to do um until the next day when he was fired ultimately but what um, what is what is judge after that i mean not that you want to talk too much about a guy who's going to get thrown on the scrap heap but what what is he after this i mean i know he's young and there's a lot of like potential they still got the belichick ties and patriot lore but is he is he a guy that you think will ever come back as a head coach in in the nfl not not definitely not the giants but somewhere no i i don't see it I mean, I yeah. think he could be a coordinator. I think, I think he's probably going to be relegated to like a college team for a couple of years before he makes his way back to the NFL as presumably a special teams coordinator or something of that nature. But I think just the taste is so bad in everybody's mouth and anyone who's been paying attention to what's been going on with this team and specifically with him and, and how he acts on his pressers and with his players. It's just not someone I think you want to take a chance on necessarily, unless, you know, the Patriots want to bring him back next year, which is totally feasible i could I, I could think right yeah i agree same thing uh, college is probably the best bet for him uh i don't think belichick needs to bring him back but maybe 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 he can come back in, in some sort of consulting capacity or something like that um yeah i do think he's probably good at some things but i don't think he has head coaching in him uh when you see good head coaches there is like an immediate like person ability to them or, or, or way they connect with players. Um, and from everything I've read and everything I could tell from how he is, I feel like he's very standoffish and, and sort of uh, talks down uh, to players and, and, and doesn't treat them as, as equals as a lot of, I think really successful coaches do. Um, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, indicative of kind of the, the first head coaching go around, which is what something the giants have done a few times in the last few rounds of hires. So, I mean, let me do my, my – I never did my intro, which I have to get over with, you know, obviously. So you guys got to follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow our new pod-specific Instagram at BBU Pod Boys on Twitter, which uh, I think we've been offering some some spicy takes out there if you're into that sort yeah, of thing. That's um, good. And, uh, you know, don't forget to download, download that DraftKings app. Sports betting is legal in New York now, so no excuses. Let's do it. Um, cool. So, I mean, just if we want to just go into the, the obvious thing to talk about, which is the vacancy of, of Joe judge and, and Dave Gettleman GM head coaching positions, I sort of 
think that these two things are kind of tied together. So I don't really know if we need to go out and have two separate conversations about it. But there's been a lot of names out there. Um, the Giants have interviewed a lot of people for the GM position. Um, who, do, who do you guys like? You know, if, if you had, if you had, if you were John Mara, and who would you hire? And, and what, why, why, Nick? So the obvious, the obvious answer is the the Buffalo guys. Shown, I think, is that how you pronounce Shane, it? Shane, 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 Shane. And you know, I think pr- presumably you're going to get Dayball with him. You know, I, I like, I think, I presume they're going to be a a package deal. I think that's the favorite there, just because they've had a lot of success in Buffalo with some of their free agent moves, trades, their drafting. Um, you know, their offense has obviously been unbelievably dynamic. So I'd love to see what, what you could do with that. Um, you know, if you, if you miss out on that, I, I don't know if we're going to be patient because who, who knows how long the, the bills are going to go in the playoffs. Cause I, I, I think that's gotta be a factor in some of these guys decision-making cause you don't want to be kind of, you know, the last man standing without a GM or a coach here. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it just, it, it just, the, it, it just depends on how, attractive people gms view our our situation you know i saw mayock just got let go in 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 las vegas i mean is that a more attractive position than ours just because of you know that's a playoff team they've got cars a franchise quarterback are we are we are we better than them i don't know yeah that's an interesting uh comparison it's like you couldn't get two more different franchises than the raiders and ownership you know both both problematic owners but uh on the opposite end of the spectrum. And, and I guess that probably what comes down to it for a lot of the GMs is ownership, their involvement um, and the latitude they're willing to give the GM. Um, but yeah, I, I love the dudes in the bills, uh, especially if they come as a package. Um, but recently I've, I've gotten pretty sweet on um, Adam Peters from mm-hmm. San Francisco. Um, just, I've always loved that system for how, however long it's been in place, but um, coming up with Shanahan uh, you know, providing players for such a creative and versatile offensive scheme uh, and drafting well um, the, the past few years. Uh, Peters apparently is is a guy as an assistant GM that really runs the show. And, and John Lynch is more of a figurehead is what I've read. Um, sort of just like the guy that's out there talking, um, you know, more representing more like a president kind of role. Um, whereas Peters is, running the draft and, and uh, putting the players that we see on the field. Um, and again, with him, I think there's, <laughs> there's a sort of a, a, a trending thing going on with Mike McDaniels, the, the offensive coordinator for the 49ers. I think everyone's seeing like the videos that are popping up of him now and his sort of uh, interesting press conferences, but he's, he's like the number one, like football geek. Um, he's responsible for a lot of the play design that you see on the 49ers. Um, and while Shanahan calls the plays, I think, He's an interesting guy to, to bring into the fold. Um, I think all of us are on the same page as far as like offensive minded head coaches and, and bringing tracking the Giants into the modern NFL. So um, I really like him. He's probably my number one choice. But th- there's a few other guys in here that I like a lot too. I mean, everything is like a thousand times bonus compared to where we were before. So yeah, I, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's funny, you know, in comparison, you read a lot of these names, maybe some of them pop out to you more than others, but it's like really anybody other than Gettleman is, is, is great. But again, you don't yeah. want to, you know, make a mistake here and have to start over again, but I, I will have to go with, with Nick as my first choice to be um, Shane and Dable, just because if you, if you just look at Buffalo, I mean, uh, when Beanie came in, he was in 2017 and then Shane came in in 2018 
The Buffalo Bills hadn't made the playoffs since 1999, and then they've made four playoff appearances, won three games so far um, this year. And I like, you know, Dable's offense is awesome. I think Josh Allen is definitely a better quarterback than Daniel Jones, but I think in terms of their, in terms of their skill set, I think they're kind of similar. Daniel Jones is not as good, um, but he can throw the ball. He can move around. He's not as big or athletic. I as think Josh his draft Allen, cup was was mini Josh Allen. Yeah, I sure. So I mean, you know, cups. if Dable Dable can sort of bring a, a similar system in that plays to Jones's strengths, I, I I think that's a positive. I mean, we'll talk about where we think the Giants should go with the quarterback position later. But to me, you know, um, they're third in points per game this year, fifth in yards per game this year. The Giants, you know, are the thirty first and basically everything. So for two straight years. So just in terms of looking at the numbers and how these guys stack up, I just like what I see there. And and since Nick already talked about him, I'll I'll just mention that I also really like Ryan Poles from Kansas City, who's only 36 years old, um, jumped up through the ranks super fast. I mean, we've all seen how good that Kansas City roster is. And, you know, he could get paired with Vietnami. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. You know, I know he doesn't call the plays out there, but I yeah, I believe yeah. that he could be – a good head coach. And I do kind of like, you know, bringing these pairings in together guys who are familiar with each other already, um, not having to kind of work against each other in philosophy, um, kind of taking the organization and, and making it more streamlined and together. I think that's a real big positive for this team. I think that's something that I've read has been missing over the years. So, and I think that's crucially important with the roster that we have and, and the big questions we have with Daniel Jones and Saquon and, and the cap and the salary cap where we're at, you know, we have to make decisions on players that are making a lot of money and having two guys that are on the same page right off the bat. Hopefully, hopefully will be decisive and not drag along these guys and can make some wholesale changes quickly and also take charge of all the, um, you know, the, the, the family aspect of the front office and, and either get rid of those guys or have them fall in line. Um, yeah, totally agree. I like the guy. I, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about the. I, I think I don't know if you pronounce it. Hortiz, Joe Hortiz. He's the Ravens. Yeah. He's got a Ravens background, and I just, I mean, TJ. I know you have an affinity for the Ravens a little bit. You know, beneath there, I just think they they're another team that always has quality players. They've got. They just constantly have the right kind of guys there. They're competitive every year. You know, I just that's the kind of guy I want running the, the ship here because if you're going to miss on the draft and go get it in free agency, if you're going to miss there, you know, just, you just building quality, a quality atmosphere, cultivating a winning kind of just a way, a winning way. The things you can see as a pit opposed to the things you can't. is what you're trying to say, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I think the Ravens have a perpetually good roster. I, I, they're always a fun team. They're always in contention. And I know I was reading that, you know, uh, Mara is like kind of enamored with the front office in Baltimore. So I could see that yeah. happening, too. Um, and, you know, I think another name to throw out there that isn't necessarily tied to a GM candidate is, is Brian Flores, who, uh, you know, actually was with Patrick Graham, which I wanted to ask you guys, like, do you guys think Patrick Graham should come back? Because I think that if Flores became coach, that would be something that would be up there. And I would be okay with it. I think the defense has been good. Or would you just rather just start clean, spanking new, nobody back from the last regime at all, Nick? I'm I'm okay to bring him. Back. Oh, sorry, Dan. Yeah, I know. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I'm okay to keep him. I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't think the defense has been like historically bad like the offense has. So I, I mean, he he if a if a head coach that we really want to invest in says that I'd like to keep him here. 
you know, I think he's a cornerstone of the way I want to operate, then by all means, you know, I mean, I, I, I have, I have no, no qualms about that. Yeah. Same. I think, uh, we all sort of feel like Graham got the short end of the stick the, this past couple of years doing a lot with a little, um, even though we spend a lot and have a lot of high quality players on the defense, uh, they're playing defense so much, um, and staying in a lot of games they had no right to. Um, but ultimately it's, it's up to whoever they bring in the GM and the head coach. If those guys give it the seal of approval, then, totally fine with it but if they want to get rid of him also fine with it it's nothing nothing we have is sacred in this roster yeah. or in the building um i know i don't have an affinity for practically anyone in the in the organization right now so um and i do think that patrick graham will get set up in the nfl somewhere else because he is talented and, and and has demonstrated um <laughs> proficiency in his job unlike some other people that were involved with the giants is is Harbaugh is Harbaugh not coming out? Do you think, or do you think he's kind of playing coy for uh, you know another position? Because I I know this is like a, a polarizing take on whether he's he's you know going to be good again in the NFL. But I personally would take him in a, in a heartbeat if he would come coach. I saw I saw a tweet come out. I forgot who had it. And it's probably shared by a bunch of people. But I saw that it's probably a rumor level kind of thing. But that he is keen on either um, the Bears or the Giants. Yeah. Um, and I think if, if, if that's, there's any truth to that, I feel like Merrill override the whole thing about the GM choosing his head coach and be like, no, you're, you're working with, him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you think TJ? I personally, uh, obviously a good coach. Um, but I, I only, only if that's what, if we, if we hire a good GM or, or someone that, uh, that I believe in that level, if they, they, they go that way, I'll go that way. But, um, I'd, I'd like to see someone fresh, someone younger, someone, that's in the NFL right now. I'm with you too. I, I mean, I, I know Harbaugh's a good coach. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's had a lot of success in college. I don't like his demeanor and I don't like his face. That being said, yes. he is a really good coach. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to look at him on the sidelines. I want someone young. I want someone dynamic. I want someone who has something to prove. Um, I I don't know. It's just it's just tough for me on that situation. I, I don't I, – if he became the coach, I would probably be happy about it because he's he's a great coach. But at the same time, I, I really just want to see some somebody fresh, you know, a different yeah. perspective, a different offensive mindset, you know. Just, something just a different. total 180 from where we are. And yeah, yeah. I think he has some of those hard-ass sort of qualities that Judge was pretending to have, and I just can't listen to that anymore. The khakis. Or, yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't consider you wouldn't consider giving any of our draft capital up for a coach, would you? No, never, never. never. I think that's a silly thing to do. Honestly, I know there's been Sean Payton talk out there about that, but I don't think the Giants should really trade any of their draft capital unless there's some very specific situations, um, mostly involving from what I've been reading about getting a quarterback. I don't. I don't. I'm not a person to trade draft capital for a coach i don't think it's worth it i think there's people out there that are hungry and would be good at the job yeah yeah that's fair i agree uh yeah i mean um you guys want to jump into talking about the quarterback a little bit so i've been just reading all this you know russell wilson stuff and and i'm confused about it i just don't think that the trade makes sense for well if you, if you have to look at what what he would go for which is basically if we look at the Stafford deal from last year, it was two firsts, a third, and they're starting quarterback and, and golf. So you're presumably trading either two first round picks this year, another day two pick, Daniel Jones, or a first this year and a first next year. For someone who's 33 years old 
And I know that the argument is that quarterbacks have more longevity now, but I think that's really just people being blinded by how the amazing story behind Tom Brady and how he's made it this far. I don't think mm. that's the case for everybody. Big Ben didn't make it that far. He didn't make it half that far. He, you know, I'm glad he's out of the league. I was sick of watching him dink and dunk the last few <laughs> games. I had to sit through that horrible Pittsburgh game and watch him suck it up the whole time. I just don't want to end up with like, you know, the short end of the stick on a, on a trade that really could fundamentally change the way your franchise is, you know, more so than even the Saquon Barkley pick did for all this time. And and the only argument that people want to make is, you know, well, he, you, quarterback's most important position. He's an upgrade, blah, blah, blah. If he's an upgrade, why aren't the Seahawks in the playoffs? They're a better team than the Giants. They only won three more games than they did, and they're they're not in the playoffs. Russell Wilson didn't throw for over 250 yards in eight of his 14 starts this year. So I know he was a little banged up, but, like, I don't see the value there with what you're getting for it. And I would rather go a different direction. Uh, Dan, do you have any feelings about the Russell Wilson deal that people are yeah. talking about? Or? Yeah, of course. And I think I think we should point out, um, I know we have a lot of listeners that, that really aspire to the levels of podcasting that we do. Um, <laughs> TJ's opaquely re- referencing a, a, a Twitter fight he picked with essentially our boss, Ian, <laughs> on, on the Big Blue United proper handle, um, we're a young upstart, the Big the Big Blue United Pod Boys, and we're trying to pick some fights with some big dogs. So so TJ had had it out with Ian at, at Big Blue United um, regarding this, and <clears throat> you know I agree with with Ian's position, which is essentially like if you're not set at quarterback, like that's number one priority always until you have that franchise quarterback, that elite talent. Like you find your Joe Burrow, your um, guy that's gonna you're gonna ride for the next. 12 10 years um in the draft you keep taking quarterback number one until you get that um or trading for it um with that said i love russell wilson and i think he would be an immense upgrade but if you're making the comparisons to tom brady or other quarterbacks that played into their 40s totally different quarterbacks tom brady didn't get hit for like six years behind that offensive line he was just standing there like a statue um Russ is out there scrambling, <laughs> running like crazy, getting leveled behind the, some of the worst offensive lines we've seen. Um, not to say that I think he can't still be great and isn't still great, um, but mortgaging these two super high first-round picks or a combination thereof, um, and I think I think the situation we're in, my, my top choice is keeping Daniel Jones, um, not, not extending him, bringing in a decent backup, and and building the team around him. If you know, if say with the 49ers, you know, how, what's the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Daniel Jones? It's not much. Um if a we second put round a, pick probably that you'd have to trade. That's about it. Yeah. But, but I'm not saying I want Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm talking about skills straight up. Sure. Um, you build a good team around him, a good defense, a good offensive line, then you can either see what Daniel Jones can do or get a get a good quarterback out of the draft next year, um, or make a trade where you don't have to mortgage your whole future. I mean if it was to happen and we were to trade our two first rounders, hopefully we take offensive linemen with the next three picks and be like jumping out of my skin excited for the next season to watch Russell Wilson as a quarterback. Cause that'd be dope. Um, but if I had the choice, I wouldn't do it. I mean, what a, what a year though, to not have quarterbacks in the, in the draft. I, that's the thing that just keeps running through my mind. Yeah. Like every year, if you look back most, most every year, there's at least one, and it might still happen. You know, there's always the, 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 you know, the workout warriors that come up in the combine and everything. 
so maybe somebody will come up and, you know, whether it's the kid from Ole Miss or Liberty or wherever, but I, I, I just don't think we're a quarterback away. You know what I mean? No, like I'm, so I'm, not, yeah, exactly. I'm, not giving, I'm not giving up two first round picks where I can get potential blue chip guys at positions for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or insert NFL vet. you know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers. I don't know, whoever I'm going to take a look at what we have there. Maybe we fall in love with one of these guys and we take them at five or seven, but whatever we do, it's bolstering the, the, the trenches. What, you know, again, what Gettleman was supposed to do. We want to have guys that we can build around. So that way, when we do have a quarterback, he's safe. He's got an ability to stand up tall and make throws and, you know, whatever, again, whatever we do, there has to be better competition. You know, the one thing I was writing down was it has to be a better QB room. We can't be scrambling with Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm and, you know, Davis Webb and you the <laughs> quarterbacks we've had over the last couple of years. I just you have to have a better room there where guys go in and it's competitive. It just we, we just haven't had it. I, I totally agree with you. And, and I do think the Giants should just go out and sign. You know, uh, of the of the free agents this year, I think Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota would all be great. And you yep. clearly need somebody, even if they're not going to take Jones's job, which they all they would push Daniel Jones. Could, mm-hmm. They're going to yeah. push him. They're going to make him better. And, you know, Jones has an injury history. So you're going to need somebody to come in. And I know the Giants don't have a ton of money to spend in the offseason. At least right now, we'll see what the cuts are. But I think that backup quarterback is the position that you spend the most money on. In, in the offseason, go get Ryan Fitzpatrick or something. A guy that I'm again, you know, he'll he'll command more money elsewhere. Yeah. Did you see really, you see him at the Bills game with yeah, his shirt yeah. off? Oh my god, I love that. That's yeah, amazing. I mean, he's just he's such a cool dude. But again, I mean, I, I'm not saying him, but like someone like him that's got the propensity to be successful. It's just we, you know, Mike Glennon is historically bad, and the, we just, like we just <laughs> we the I feel bad for the Bears. They they were duped originally, you know. So it's just we just need to go get guys that are going to push him. And, and if Jones is, it earns it by all means, let's let him, let's roll with him in 22, but he's got to earn it. And it can't be against, you know, these, these guys who just have no business being in the NFL. And he's got to stay on the field. That's number one too. I mean, if we just want to go back to like the, the draft picks, I mean, you're right, Nick, they have basically two, you know, two premier picks to get an edge rusher and and a premier offensive lineman or any combination of those offensive linemen, whatever it is, those positions are super high in the draft. There's no reason to go out and and kind of draft anybody or trade those away for quarterback when you kind of can bring in that kind of second tier dude. And and I just want to touch on Deshaun Watson too. I don't want him on this team and I don't want someone who's been accused of what he has on the team. And even despite, you know, him being probably someone you could get for cheap and being a gigantic upgrade. I don't think ownership would do it. And I personally wouldn't want to do it either. Yeah. I just don't want to have mixed feelings going in, uh, going to a season. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think we, I guess we don't totally know who's in the draft this year for quarterbacks. Like we know that it's a famously, uh, you know, not a good selection, but maybe, maybe we can take, shot in the second or third rounds uh, a lot of the mock drafts i've been running have malik willis in the third round uh kenny pickett in or sec- second round excuse me malik willis in the second round and kenny pickett in the second round um coral from mississippi state uh, uh, from Ole miss had a nasty injury in that bowl game so who knows what's going to happen to him a lot of stuff's going to shake out now um but my, my mocks i've been i've been drafting 
a combination of any offensive tackle and, and Linderbaum uh, in the first, um, and then and then picking someone spicy at a defensive end or or even taking a shot at at quarterback in the second. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of depth in both positions uh, as far as pass rushers and and tackles and 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 interior offensive linemen. So for those things that we really badly need, we're in a good position. But I just hope we don't find a GM that feels like they need to fix it in this draft, right? Like yeah, if we've exactly. got somebody who is who falls in love with a quarterback prospect or something, have the wherewithal to to trade out a little bit because we're again, it'll be great if we can get, you know, maybe we get the kid from Alabama, the offensive lineman, and we find a way to get an edge rusher. But if somebody falls in love with one of these quarterbacks or another, you know, player, it's okay to trade back and get some extra capital because we're gonna be presumably gutting this team to get out of this cap hell situation i mean i you know guys like blake martinez and galladay these guys are might not be on the team next year just because they're going to look to just clean slate i mean yeah so i the more draft picks we have the better are the better off we're going to be to kind of have a team that's built around the, the new persona of what we're trying to do yeah, I yeah, you know what I I agree as well, and I think a, a good point to bring up is if that the new regime that comes in, if they do want to draft a quarterback with those first two picks, I'm I'm okay with it. If they evaluate somebody that high, go for it. It's 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 up in the air. You know, I think I think it's hard to sit here and you know after what we've been through the 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 physical and and mental abuse <laughs> that Dave Gettleman has put us through over the years, but I will blindly put my faith in the new hires to. For the first year, and just let it ride. So, but, but let, TJ, it go. <laughs> let me let me ask you this. So, here we are. We fast forward to the draft, and we've got another situation. And let's just say we reach on a guy like everybody thought we reached on Daniel Jones. I mean, I just get nervous about doing that because that's another one where maybe we land Dable and Shane, and it's great, and they fall in love with another quarterback prospect, and then they reach, and it's a swing and a miss. It's just I get nervous because you can you can there's positions you can swing and miss on and your franchise doesn't get set back years quarterback is that position where you if you swing and miss you're you're in another three to five year cycle i mean it all depends on the situation and i i think that ultimately savvy gms will package picks to move around dave gettleman was not a savvy gm you know we're lucky we have two (laughs) first round picks to say the least we're lucky we have two first round picks this year. Hopefully, you know, Tony gets back in the field at all and ever plays a game or a full season. I mean, he's he's presumably gonna be your playmaker because you're gonna have to get rid of Shepard. You're gonna I mean, I think Galladay will be back because they just signed him. I think he's probably gonna be there for another year. But if 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 these guys, you know, want to pull the trigger on something, I'm gonna go with it. And I know that it can set you back a long time. Yeah. We've seen it with the with this team. We we've had very many bad first round picks the last few years, and it hasn't helped us at all. I mean, who's your best first round pick the last few years? Dexter Lawrence, and and he's not particularly, you know, I wouldn't say halfway to a Pro Bowl at this point. He's a starter in the NFL. Hey, but... Eli Apple's starting on a playoff team. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I was like watching at work, and I was like, is that is that Eli Apple? Eli Apple, yeah, Eli Apple, the Eli Apple. You know what's funny that draft? I really wanted Vernon Hargraves, who got picked, I think, a pick before him on the Bucks, and he also ended up being a bust. Yeah. So I don't I think anything could have made me happy that year, really. Yeah. 
That's a tough one. Uh, let me jump in here, guys. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 283 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New York, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-GAMBO-DICKER, more like it. <laughs> yeah, good question. It does draft is DraftKings still taking bets on wildcard weekend games right now? Because I would love to play some fat bets on, on the games that already happened. <laughs> I probably should have rephrased it, but listen, <laughs> they send me the piece of paper and I read it. But I'm assuming like, that if this promotion you're like still Ron is Burgundy of, of, of DraftKings spots. <laughs> I'm assuming if this promotion still is in effect, they have another one that's similar to this one for next week. So get in there on divisional playoff weekend. Thanks yeah, for pointing that out. And I was almost going to say solid ad read after I did it. It's okay. Small steps. Listen, I'll show you the dates. The dates right here. It says right there. It's all good, dude. It's all good. I'm, I'm just thinking of like a Back to the Future scenario. That would be sick. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like really need to download this app and get the free money and just blast it all. It I, is. I, I, it's got to be fun. I mean, I love to gamble, yes. and I pres- and I'm you know historically bad at sports gambling, but I think if you're going to give me like a couple free shots to do it at DraftKings, then I probably should go for it. Yeah, you'd have just to think underdog money line parlays all day every day. Love parlays, parlay, yeah. I'll parlay <laughs> till I die. Yeah, the last the Nick and I went to the Saratoga track one time, and he was with a couple of his friends, and they just bet a dollar on every horse, every single race. (laughs) And I was like, "How do you win money doing this?" He's like, "Oh, it works. Don't worry." (laughs) I I mean, I trust you. You know more about this than I do. So I believe you. Where that worked. (laughs) That was a fun day. One of Nick's friends got there. Who was was it? Washburn? I think uh, maybe. He got there super early and saved one of the tables oh, yeah, on the track, which early. I had never sat that close. So that was cool. Well, he does I, it. Awesome. He does it for um, for Travers and all the big ones. Well, used to before he had before he had kids, but um, before he was play. losing to me in fantasy football finals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they took down David. Took down Goliath there. Congrats. It worked out perfectly because uh, I we were closed at work for COVID, so I didn't get paid. So it uh it helps subsidize um you know my week of sitting on uh, my ass not doing anything. Still worth it though. Well, it's, it's good too because I don't collect the money from you guys anymore until toward the end because I got into that problem every year where you guys would give it to me in the summer and then I would burn through it all and then I'd be like, oh, I have to come up with fifteen hundred bucks right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's never a good position to be in when you're the commission. You need to like uh, put it in escrow. I know. Yeah. We- We've been gambling with our with our uh, pot money this year. It was pretty great. We didn't make any money, but we could have. 
Were you, you, were, you were you buying crypto with with, with the, the fantasy football? <laughs> no, we we're betting parlays with it. That's what we we're doing. <laughs> I kind of really like that though. It's like the the final number will be adjusted based upon the yeah. uh, return on your investment or whatever your gambling return. You could be drafting next year from a yacht. Drafting. This, this is like the future right here. Absolutely. Starting your fantasy football league and um, buying very risky investments with it. Absolutely. The the S coins, if you will. <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing um i don't know if i have too much more to talk about the giants right now i mean there's a lot of stuff in limbo i hopefully we get some answers soon but i guess you're gonna have to wait a couple weeks because presumably they'll hire someone who's in the playoffs right now or yeah. you know if it's if it's a ravens or, or or something like that we might hear it sooner head coach won't be decided until the gm is so i mean can we talk about how wonderful it was to see the eagles and cowboys lose this weekend or it was pretty great. Um, and the Patriots, too. Oh, sure. Yeah, 100%. Also very sweet. What a beatdown. Um, and a showcase for Dable. Um, yeah, see, seeing the Cowboys lose in that fashion was was extra sweet with that uh, that failure to, to down, <laughs> to get the, the – the, to, to kill the clock because uh, Dak ran for, like, an extra split second. Um, love that. Love watching Stephen A. just have a, a ball today on – on whatever it was that first take. I don't even know what show he's on anymore. Um, just, just all good. It's all good. No one, no one in the NFC East is alive. They're just as alive as us. Um, and and I don't know. I'm loving it. Would you rather McDonald's. have uh, Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones? I don't want either. I don't yeah. want <laughs> If you had to pick. If you asked me like a couple weeks pick. ago, I would have said Jalen Hurts, but um, he I did still- not look good. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take Hertz just because I think he's a little more mobile. Um, I, I not mu- by much. I, like I think Philly, Philly's they're just they're competitive, but I don't. None of these teams in the NFC East inspire me as like a, the clear cut team, right? I mean, I think everybody was was kind of you know kind of had Washington as a as a as a favorite this year, and I know they had injuries and challenges, but I, I mean. I don't think anybody's a, a 13 or 14 win team. I mean, we're, we're looking at being a 10, 10, 11 win team to be competitive. Um, yeah. So I was, I, but also I was happy to see, I mean, I hate Tom Brady though. So I, I, you know, mixed the mixed feelings rooting for the bucks, but I do hate my hate for Philly supersedes Tom Brady. So um, I was okay. <laughs> yeah. to see that. I remember when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and I was like, I don't know what to do right now. It's like I can't I can't watch this game and enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, how am I supposed to enjoy this? Whoever wins is just gonna be annoying. We I just I want I want to circle back to this because you brought up Philly and it made my brain go to there. I saw the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I saw that Doug Peterson had high odds as a as the Giants coach. We can't do that, right? That can't be that can't be where we're going, right? I hope I not. don't know. He won a Super Bowl. They There's should that. be looking to to the Eagles for their front office people, not their head coaches. You know, uh, Philly's front office is 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 always compet- always good, always doing smart things, always outsmarting us. Yep, I would take someone from there. I, you know, Doug Peterson is in the league. He did okay, but I, I think I think he was just riding the, the Andy Reid wave when he when he came in and yeah. didn't show anything you know particularly unique. I mean, he won the Super Bowl, right? But I don't know with Nick Foles at that. With Nick Foles, yeah, just doesn't it doesn't excite me? You know what I mean? Like I just exactly. I know he, he had a tumultuous tenure there in Philly, and 
I, you, you win a Super Bowl, you can't take that away, right? I mean, he did do it, and I just don't I don't think he's the guy to guide us back to to being competitive. I just yeah. don't I don't think he is. That's why I'm talking about this Mike McDaniel's guy from San Francisco. He's like a pencil neck geek that went to Yale, never played football. You know, that's that's the kind of that's like taking Brandon Ayuk in like the, the second round of your fantasy draft. Um, just just someone all upside and, uh, and nothing proven. Uh, let's do it. Just just, just wing it. Yeah, uh, like taking taking like a special teams coordinator off the off the. No, uh, I'm not a special team. Right? <laughs> Some guy that does something important. <laughs> Someone who's had any level of uh, of success or you know something along those lines. But boy, like uh, so, let me ask you a question, Mike McCarthy. He's he's done, right? Yeah. That's See, that's what saying, scares right? me about the Doug Peterson thing too. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl, but he can't do jack anymore. They're, They're saying he's in the mix for the Giants job right now. Get out of here, man! Because we wanted to, want we him. wanted to hire him. Whatever, get out two of years here. ago. Well, you have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're like that's why Mike McCarthy. I, I don't put a lot of stock in him because Lafleur might be a good coach. He might not be a good coach, but you get to go and let just ter- tell Aaron Rodgers go, just go throw the ball yeah. 28 times and do your thing, and we'll win. You know what I mean? Like, Lafleur's good because he acquiesces to Rodgers, and he's like gives him latitude to be Aaron Rodgers. He looks like the guy that I want to be the coach of the Giants, like just a young dude on the sideline. That's what I want to see. You want a hot coach. <laughs> young, a young, sexy man. That's what I need. Yeah. Is Jimmy, yeah. Does Jimmy Garoppolo want to be the coach? <laughs> That's like the fourth time I've called Jimmy Garoppolo handsome on this podcast. If it's a recurring if I'm thing. Counting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's true. I want a bearded what coach. What about a coach with a beard? I yeah, that like would be cool. important. A yeah. young dude with a beard. Yeah. Or we or go Frank, the other way. Right. Yeah. Lovey Smith. Bring back Lovey. Let's just he's got that. You see him have you seen him recently? Like, oh yeah. He looks he yeah. looks like he, you know, got out of quarantine and still hasn't done anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> the hair the the Bears uh interview with Lovey Smith. You believe that? Again? Really? Uh, I I they, are they asked? They, they, I, and I don't nobody quote me on this stat, but they were saying like the last like, last time they were like remotely competitive was the Lovey Smith years. Yeah. And so yeah. I think he was like, you know, he had like six out of his eight years were were over 10 wins or something like that. So it's just like, why not? Right. You know, go back to yeah. the well. I mean, that's also, a team that was always put together well without a quarterback. I mean, how do you make a, yeah. I mean, how do you make a Super Bowl <laughs> with Rex Grossman at quarterback? Bite your tongue. Rex Grossman. Gunslinger. <laughs> Grossman. He's like he's like he's like the Colt McCoy of his time. <laughs> that was, I don't remember what year that was, but it, I mean that was a long time ago. But like either way, I remember when they played. Yeah, they played um, Indianapolis in the Super Bowl, and I and I was just the game was starting. I was like, "There's no way the Bears win this game." And then yep. we like have Hester ran it back for uh, a touchdown. I believe you won money on that too, Nick. Right? That was my greatest gambling feat ever. I had first touchdown by Devin Hester, and I think it was like you know, 28 to one or something like that. And, you know, nice. when you're, you're a college kid in that time and you throw, you know, 40 bucks on it, you're feeling good about yourself. Oh, you know? yeah. That's yeah. amazing. It's my my greatest racks. gambling feat was, you know, we used to have to go to like these websites that were offshore, like in Bermuda or whatever. <laughs> and you like never knew if you were going to get your money back. But I, I, I guess like, uh, like, like blue Gatorade or something. I'm, I'm one of those like oh, yeah. 2000, like, like six or seven Super Bowls And, it was like eight hundred to one odds, and I made I made like eight hundred bucks. It's awesome! Awesome! Wow! Yeah, those prop bets are always fun. I love the Gatorade bet. I, you I gotta pay attention one. though. You gotta pay I had, attention. I had somebody I knew who won on like was Katy Perry gonna wear pants at all during her performance, <laughs> and the answer was no. I won some money on that. The prop bets are infinitely more fun than actually betting on the game. I feel like. 
Can you yeah. do prop bet like parlays on, on like DraftKings? That's pretty yeah. oh, there's <laughs> so amazing. Much. You know what's up? The part I love about the, the now, and, I, and again, I've been gambling for my whole life, right? So I walked out of the womb and I was I was hitting trifectas. But uh, <laughs> I love, I do love that you can do these ridiculous parlays on these apps and you can put like five bucks on it, right? So you're not like losing anything major on it. And if you hit it, it's, you know, 10,000 to one. That's what makes it pretty yeah. neat. It's the best. I just sprinkle in like, like five parlays with different variations on the dogs I'm taking and they're all like two, $3 and two, $3 to win like 80 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Until you lose like 50 times, but you know, you probably hit it at least once. Right. Yeah. And then you gamble the whole season on that one win. It's awesome. (laughs) Just like I do in the casino. As soon as I hit, I put my money back in my pocket and then I usually lose it in the savings account. Yeah. Lose the rest of it immediately. (laughs) We went to Nick and I went to uh, casino. Uh, where did we go? Turning Stone was it? Yeah, Turning Stone. And the first night we were just winning so much money. Shout out Jim Ayers, our boy. This guy we met who was like a janitor at a college, and it was like four of us and him, and we were just cleaning up for like two hours. And then the next day we went back, and I, I don't know about you, but I lost all of my money like almost immediately. That I, had uh, I like literally no exaggeration. I mean, everybody was just stuffing their pockets with, with money at the first night. It was like, we walked out, it was like <laughs> five 30 in the morning and we had nobody had any semblance of time. And what was funny, and this is, this is Colin vintage Colin for you. Colin didn't bet a single hand and just stood behind us for the entire five hours while we played blackjack at this table and just loaded money. It was, it was ridiculous. Colin has, I've, I've interrogated I've never seen that concept. Bet. I've asked him. I've asked him many times why I won't why he won't gamble. Like I was like, even if all your boys are there, we're having a great time. Why don't you? He's like, I'm just not interested. I'm like, do you have like some sort of philosophical thing against gambling? He's like, no, I just don't care to do it. Like, all right, man. literally, that's exactly <laughs> right. He'll never tell you the real. You know, there's a real reason, but he's that's, bad at math. He'll never Colin's get bad at math. math. <laughs> that's that's, that's the reason. It? Yeah. <laughs> well. I think we'll end it there tonight. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, again, guys, please follow us at Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us uh, give us upstart at BBU Pod Boys with a Z a follow as well. Let us uh, yeah. let us you know gain some notoriety out there on Twitter and, and yeah, yeah yeah like following us now is like buying Bitcoin in, in 2011. Just 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 get in get in love get in love. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, download that DraftKings app. And, uh, you know, Nick, thanks again for coming on. Um, appreciate it, man. And, and uh, have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, guys.